Welcome to the 3v3 Podcast, your socially distanced hockey chat show. Here are your hosts, Cassie, Pat, and Patrick. So, a lot happened this week. We'll, we'll try to get the uh, question of the week out of the way so we can talk about everything else. <laughs> or not. Um, so, I had uh, left last episode with the question of now that Seattle is a real, a real boy, a real team. Um, who will be their, who do you think will be their first free agent signing? It's funny, like some of this discourse must have happened after our episode dropped last week and before everything else in the hockey world took place. But there's a lot of questions about which, you know, WHL or potential Thunderbird or Silvertip might Seattle sign now that the final payment has gone through and they're a real team now. Um, except for, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't, you know, Kelly McCrimmon pretty much run the Brandon Wheat Kings and would have intimate knowledge of Reed Duke and thus why Vegas selected him? So, Seattle doesn't have that same type of connection. Mm, not so much. I mean, you would know better than I, but I, you know, you don't have a former WHL coach and GM who just moved over to this new team within however, I mean, however long it was between him being hired by Vegas and them, you know, picking the player. I think it'll be a WHL free agent, but I don't know if it'll be a Seattle or Pacific Northwest player per se. Hmm. Either that or it's Derek Ryan as soon as, you know, Calgary's eliminated. <laughs> It's all right to say you don't care. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> it's uh, I can't think of you know whomever it is. It's just going to be Reed Duke, right? A player who's struggling at the AHL level now? Yeah. You know, it's just going to be Guy. I I, I get Vegas was being all ootsie-cootsie when they signed him, and they then posted their lineup of being, you know, Reed Duke, Guy, 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 uh, you know, all the rest were Guy, but really, I mean, Reed Duke was Guy. It's, it, you know, God bless him because he became a media darling because, you know, and the answer to a trivia question. But that's all those players going to be. So it's really, you know, they could sign Pavel Datsuk. It's not like the guy's going to play for the team. It'll just be the answer to a trivia question and someone that they can, you know, 
adorn with Kraken gear and take pictures and our first player, you know, have him doing, you know, workout drills by himself or something, even though there's no coach. It's just guy. See, I'm, I'm kind of thinking that they're not going to go that route. Because uh, because uh, Ron Francis doesn't strike me as the frivolous sort in that fashion. <laughs> He's not just going to sign a person just to like parade them around as this is our first guy. Um, I think that, that he's intent probably on actually putting together a real team rather than just having a, a media darling have their 15 minutes of fame, which is very Vegas, let's be honest, Las Vegas. Um, so I decided to go with, because they're a real team, a real NHLer, <laughs> and I say they're going to pick up Adam Larson. Because I really, 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 really don't want them to even think about picking up Tyson Berry. Why do you do this to me? <laughs> Why? <Because> I can. <laughs> so I, I don't, I don't disagree with your supposition of of Ronnie of Ronnie Honey, um, mm-hmm. but they also have an AHL team to kind of fill some bodies out in. True. So, you know, whomever they sign can be guy. Asterisk who's going to play in the AHL, you know? Right. They they've got fifty contracts to throw around. They need some of them at the AHL level. You know, I don't want them to. God, I don't want anything to do with Adam Larson. Ugh. I don't want to get into it right now. I, I <clears throat> Well, let's look at it this way. One of us is going to be right and one of us is going to be wrong. Or two of us are going to be wrong. Or one and a half of us, because Pat kind of really straddled the fence there. Oh, I, I, I punt it big time. Yeah. <laughs> so what he does best. So half, <laughs> so half this podcast will be right, half this podcast will be wrong. Uh, I don't think it'll be an NHL here, I'll just throw a random name out there, and I'll be—I'll lay on the sword and be wrong. Igor Larionov the second, because why not? Mm. Sure, I'll go with that. Okay, Adam Larson is awful, Cassie. He is just <laughs> awful. He has—he is having. A year because it's a because what is it, guys? It's a contract year, so of mm-hmm. course he's stepping up and playing moderately better than normal. But he is just brutal to watch. Mm-hmm. Well, see, I was expecting my first thought was a defender, and then my first thought after that was probably not a great defender, and and then. The next thought after that was Tyson Berry, and immediately my brain shut down, and I was like, "No." <laughs> I. Uh, <laughs> who's 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 a ne- who's the next not not great defender I can pick? <laughs> even between oh my god, even between oh 
Todd, I know there are numbers that people have flown out there that say that Adam Larson's fine or not nearly as bad as Tyson Berry, but he isn't. He just isn't. He is he is where plays go to die in his own end. Oh. And it still just reminds me every time I see Jordan Eberly score a goal. Just decimated that franchise. Left Connor McDavid nothing to play with until Leon Dreisaitl showed up. And in the immortal words of our friend Kishore Hari, um, when responding to acting the Fulumans post about McDavid saying, oh, I need to have a spectacular year for us to have any chance at the playoffs. Here, we're going to help you by signing, re-signing Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen. <laughs> and Kishore's response was, oh, so I need to have an exceptionally great year. <laughs> <laughs> and guess what he did? Or is, I guess. Is, yeah. He is. That's just because... There's no other option if he wants to get into playoffs? There, there really isn't. And, and boy, Wyshynski just doing his best to really poke bears the last two weeks. You know, mm-hmm. crowing about how he's, you know, he's my MVP, and I'm like, he's only your, your MVP if he makes the playoffs. It's just, you know, the stupidest restriction anybody put on anything. Admitting that you won't vote for somebody because your team didn't make the playoffs when they are clearly the most valuable player in the league and to their team. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, well, that's that's the that's the second stupidest qualifier. The first stupidest qualifier in the in in hockey in general is that there must be blood for two minute or for a four minute um, major double ma- double minor. Sorry for uh, high sticking. That's the stupidest one. Or that blood is instantaneously a four minute. Yes. Or that blood must. The wording of rule is an injury. An injury has to occur. The word blood isn't written into the rule. Oh, I know, but that's how they call it. (laughs) But that's how it's my galaxy brain. Blood equals injury. Well, not one of the case. So that's the stupidest rule, but the, the next stupidest rule, you are you are correct. It's um they must make playoffs to be a team MVP. League MVP. Well, it's MVP to his team, I believe, rather than for the entire league, but it qualifies for the entire league. Right. It's it's of all of the people that are most valuable to their team, because every team has right. their own little MVP award. Which mm-hmm. one of these 31 guys is the best of all of them? Mm-hmm. It's Connor McDavid. Just shut your cake uh, hole, write the damn name down, and be done with it. Playoffs or not. It doesn't matter. It's Connor McDavid. Period. End of statement. Mm-hmm. And I stan, I stan hardly on Dreisaitl. Austin Matthews is fine. Just, just Connor McDavid, just shut up and go away. Right, because like if you took if you took Austin Matthews out of the lineup, where would Toronto be? Versus if you took, you know. 
Uh, out of the lineup, where would they, Edmonton be? <laughs> may I answer the, the first part of your question? Um, Toronto still papooing William Nylander. Yeah, well. That's where they'd be. That's fine. He's going to look great in a, in a Seattle Kraken sweater. <laughs> he is. He and Johnny Goudreau are going to be an interesting duo. <laughs> Can Taylor Hall play with them? I don't want anything to do with Taylor Hall. <laughs> he needs a center. Yeah, his name's William Center. <laughs> oh, oh, well, you didn't say that. So, and and you know, Willie's Willie's been anyway. I'm not going to get into this right now. I just had a a 7:30 wake up call to go resolve an incident at work on Mother's Day. So, yeah, I'm in a mood. <clears throat> um. Speaking of moods, Robin Leonard was right, wasn't he? Yes, he was. Big time, wasn't he? I'm sort of sitting there yesterday, headphones on, um, watching the Islanders game. uh, The first part of the Islanders game, and they had they let it be known that the NHL has announced that they're going to be easing restrictions for playoff teams that are vaccinated. Mm -hmm. And I just stopped and started laughing going, he was right. He was right. But of course, in typical Gary Bettman fashion, when he gets called out on when the league gets called out on something, they won't acquiesce, right? They won't say, well, you know, this person was right. They'll wait for the brouhaha to die down. Then they'll make an announcement that they're doing it, and then they'll put some other little strange qualifier on there. You know, it's it's like when they suspend somebody for twenty games, and that person goes to arbitration, and the NHL kicks the can, you know, for the arbitration hearing down the road. So coincidentally, it happens to be twenty games later. Later, they get into the arbitration hearing. Uh, oh, okay. Well, you know, it's okay. So. All they all, or, all, all that happens at that point is a, is they change the precedent to being seventeen, and the guy gets three games worth of his salary back, but he still sat out twenty. You know, or it's the or it's the um, if it's the end of the season. Oh, they'll magically have you know be suspended to the end of the regular season, but get to play playoffs. Yeah. What would what would be a seven game or a five game suspension with three games left in the season turns into three games because, you know, the stupid modifier on suspensions is one playoff game equals two regular season games. No, it really doesn't. It's one game. Do they get paid twice as much? No. No, because well, actually, <laughs> they don't they get do. paid anything. Because twice Not nothing is still nothing. Right. Twice of nothing is nothing. <laughs> so technically, yes. Technically, no. Yeah. Multiply things by zero, and it's still zero. Look, I was told there'd be harder math than this. Um, <clears throat> you can have it. It's all yours. Yeah. Well, do you think if we introduced harder math, it would solve like ninety percent of the problems? Because it would just wash away. It it would be like your weed out class first year university. <laughs> So many of the voters who, you know, have certain qualifiers for MVP or for Selkie or what have you, they'd be gone. 
you're, you're just giving me PTSD flashbacks for pre-calculus in college. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, mine was that chemistry, hurt. but thankfully I placed out of that. Didn't oh, no, it much. was required for me to graduate, and I took it four times. And it was a weeding out class for the math department. Anyway. <laughs> so, no, actually what we should do is we should have them do, the, uh, do that nine panel thing where they have to pick all the cars, all the panels that have cars in it. That should be their qualifier. Pick all the panels that have a stop sign, part of a stop sign in it. We need to capture. We need to have a CAPTCHA portal before they can register, to, before they can log their votes for the PW, for the Professional Hockey Writers Association for their awards. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. One, one of those really one hard of, ones where you one just of them's, can't quite get it. Well, one of them is just a little picture of Connor McDavid. And it just says, pick all the pictures with the Hart Trophy winner in it. Yep. <laughs> Please register your... Thank you for registering your vote for the Hart Trophy. No, no, wait, wait. That's not what I meant. Pick the 2016 Con Smythe winner, and they're all pictures of Phil Kessel. Yeah. <laughs> You must pick. You must pick all the correct answers before you can log your vote. Thank you for voting. But wait. <laughs> and of course, you know, uh, location detection will be required, so you will be given a specified test based on your locale. Of course. Oh, and then we can put throttling in there. There's geo blocking. We have to have geo blocking no, in there no, somehow. No, 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 throttling. I, I want throttling. throttling. Okay. Yeah. I want them to get frustrated to the point that, you know, it takes too long to register, and then they just give up and don't vote. That way we can get rid of some of those people. So wait, so oh, we, need to have them, we need to have them submit their resume, and then they have to go back in and submit and, and fill in everything that is basically on their resume into a form. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, delay the voting until everyone's at the cottage with garbage internet in general because well, we uh, the satellite services aren't at full capacity quite yet and uh, yeah that would make things easy I have like a what are you saying like a like a TIFF file like a one gig TIFF file is the picture from oh the god <laughs> <laughs> it takes like an hour and a half to load yeah <laughs> and render, and then it's got. Then you've got to, you know, the buffering and the yep, dialogue. You, you have to overlay the boxes on them, right? So the CSS has got to work to overlay the grid squares, and oh god, you know. Of course, it's all done in JavaScript, so it's going to be slow as hell on the back. Hey, hey, hey! Watch it. I don't make. I don't make Microsoft cracks on here. <laughs> be fine if you do. I don't care. Dot net. <laughs> Let's all start talking about dot net, right? Oh, no. DLL hell part two. Um, yeah. So, Robin Letter. I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to harp on it. Robin Letter, you are right, bud. <laughs> you are a hundred percent right. You know, <clears throat> hence there was never any fine, was there? Even no. though he made comments, you know, sort of... Disparaging sullying. comments. Yeah, sort of, 
sullying the league. Where you know other but they weren't unfair. Other people have done that too, and it seems to me they've all been fined. Hmm. Yes, and they these fines include language for things that didn't quite happen. No, I didn't call into question his character. I called him to question his job performance. Those are two completely separate things. Yes, how dare, how dare you criticize someone's performance of their job without yes. actually criticizing them? Because your ability to do something and your capacity for doing stuff, you know, are clearly one and the same. In your integrity the versus your capabilities. <laughs> it has nothing to do with your qualities as a human being. Oh. Right. You know? Some people shouldn't get offended for other people and take it personally. That's all I have to say. I. <laughs> oh, I hate it. So I was listening to a Craig Ferguson show the other day, and he has this run about, you know, how people seem to be getting offended for other on other people's behalves, and he finds that offensive. Um <laughs> And it was some lady in a yoga class said to him, you know, I'm offended for you as, you know, because he's a Scottish man. And she says, he's like, what? She says, I find, I think that you should find the character of groundskeeper Willie on the Simpsons offensive. And he's like, he has a job. He's built like a tank. He's Scottish. Those are things we generally don't have. You know, it's like, (laughs) he goes, Scrooge McDuck is offensive because it implies that all Scottish people walk around pantsless. <laughs> and apparently she just stood there and stared at him like, "What? <laughs> it's like it's a joke on a cartoon, you know. If I want to be offended as a Scotsman, it's my job to be offended." Uh, yeah. Unless, of course, Gary Bettman had something to do with the whole suspension, non-suspension thing in the first place in which case he might be personally offended by you know the fact that a team didn't really like that decision hmm Uh, which you know just the last few days of that whole thing have just been I won't say hysterical they have been an exercise in sardonic no, I won't say sardonic. Yeah, it's 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 been a little sardonic to watch that whole thing unravel. Because when there was an article coming out saying that George Peros didn't want to suspend him, and the league stepped in and basically superseded Peros and suspended him, and the team that happened to suspend him, or the player that happened to be on the receiving end of the hit was a team that was owned by Jeremy Jacobs makes you wonder how bad Gary's phone blew up um, from a certain, you know, area code in the Massachusetts area, you know, demanding something versus the team with the player on the receiving end of this latest one happens to be owned by a guy that Gary can't stand. You know? Eh. What's he calling about? I don't care. You know? I, you know? 
the squeaky wheel type thing? Mm-hmm. Well, I'll just have you know that I do not have a, ba- a Boston, Massachusetts area code. <laughs> I was not the one making those calls, if that's what you were implying. No, no, no. No, I know you weren't. <clears throat> no. You know, that, that team, that, that particular team has definitely made their... I don't know how to put this. He doesn't like Gary Bettman, and Gary Bettman doesn't like him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's pretty clear. With the whole lawsuit over the websites, you know, the the fact that and I, I think he's been ha- I think he's been hands off the Rangers largely because he doesn't want to get into it with, you know, any of the other owners, because he's that megalomaniacal, I think is the word I would use. Guy's just a piece of work. And he happened to be right for once. Well, his PR department was anyway. Yeah. But you have to wonder, in such a strongly worded message, how far up the food chain that had to be approved in order for it to go public. What do you you think it was a bottom up driver? No, I almost guarantee. No, 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 no. I'm wondering. I mean, no, no social media person ever would have posted that without at least their boss's boss saying it was okay. <laughs> oh no, I'm I'm sure it was one of those times that somebody checked their inbox and went, "What the hell is he emailing me for?" Oh Jesus. And it's it was basically post this now, right. you know. That's what I'm seeing. And that's that's what I and you're probably right, but I'm wondering how far up the food chain that was, because Don't uh, it it was coming out that that uh, the two gentlemen who got fired as soon as that thing was posted on Twitter tried to distance themselves from it. No, well, Davidson and Gordon, yeah. I, 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 so it was David. below them, and I mean, oh, God, you no. know, oh god, <laughs> no, he did. Somebody just short circuited the entire chain and went right to the person they handled their PR person and said, Post this now. There, there, nobody in the intermediates doing any of that. That, that right. was that was Dolan. That had to have been James, that had to have been the owner. Considering the fallout, I would agree, yeah. You know, the $250,000 fine for that was telling. That was a, I don't like you fine, was it not? Yeah, it's, it. well, it's a... And if we don't do this, we've opened the floodgates. Yeah, that was essentially it. It's, I have to do something because I'm still the, I still run this league and I don't particularly care for you. It wasn't a get the hell out of our league fine. It was, you know, I make an example of you league fine and I don't like you anyway. So here we go. (laughs) it, It was a slap on both rests, not just one, right? It was, it was you know, akin to, here's a slap on the wrist, and I'm going to slap the other wrist, okay? You know, it wasn't anything more serious than that. 
because you know, like everyone's been made aware, there is no limitation on how much the league can find an individual club. So, you know, Brindamore goes out and goes off on the refs, and what was it, twenty five thousand? Tortorella goes off on the refs a few times, and it's ten, then twenty, then you know, he does it again within a year. It's however much it'd be. Yet it's not a tactic taken at any time with more coaches or general managers or teams in general unless they open their mouth and talk in the media. Mm-hmm. But- there, there's nothing for, hey, you've got this guy who's skirting all the rules and basically lawyering up okay we can't exactly go after him but we can go after you guys if you can't get him under control well there is such a fine you know and i think i think it's i think it's the lawyer in him that prevents him from doing that because it, it opens up so many um potential issues and that raises the problem too many lawyers involved with what should be an entertainment product. That was the biggest issue this week for me was honestly, the hit was one thing on Monday night. It's fine. It's whatever. I shouldn't even call it a hit. It was just a scrum. And then the subsequent terrible fights, because none of them were any good on Wednesday. As someone who acknowledges, yeah, they they need to go away, but still appreciated them back, you know, in the 90s. None of them were good. None of those players knew what they were doing. Oh, Lord, no. No, it was just drama. That That's what the other thing that sort of makes me think that that was such a top-down push, because for, you know, that many coordinated members of your team to come out and do something that is so far beyond their skill set. You know, somebody got read the riot act, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I can't believe it was Chris Drury doing that. I can't believe it was David Quinn doing that. You know, it may have been Sather. You know, hand of God, mouth of, you know, owner type thing. Mm-hmm. Someone whispering. Yep. But. Yeah. That's a shit show. Whoops. <laughs> That's right. I said ship show. It's like, <laughs> it's like when people say he's really good at shinny. They have to, you know, they have to really pronounce the shinny. Did he say, what did he just, he said shinny, just relax, he said shinny. So we've had two conscious uncouplings this week. Only two? Yes. John Tortorella and the Columbus Blue Jackets are consciously uncoupling. And Rick Tockett and the Arizona Coyotes are consciously uncoupling. So the available coaching pool for the Seattle Kraken has grown by exactly zero. Because I don't think, (laughs) you know, I said that I think Tartarella would be an interesting fit. I don't think they're going to do it. No. 
I think he's going to take his year off and then see what materializes. Tockett, I think, is worth a conversation, though I don't think he is the right person for the job. I don't either. I could see him going to San Jose, but the question is, is as a coach who can pretty much kind of pick where he wants to go to a certain degree, would you want to go back into the same situation you were in in Arizona? You know, not a lot there to work with. Not unless you really like the place that the, the team is at. Well, and there's the other thing is, am I going to paid enough to offset the cost of, you know, what yeah, I can live in, in Arizona versus oh living God. in the Bay Area? Yeah. You know, and it sounds like Travis Green is going to get an extension. So could talk it head to Columbus? I still personally, I think Claude Julian would be the perfect fit in Columbus, but. Mm-hmm. Tockett's an interesting name. He is specifically if it will entice Patrick Lyonne to sign a contract beyond a single season there. And and that's kind of the linchpin of the whole thing, isn't it? It's it is. What coach can I get that's gonna keep this guy happy? Well, Tockett's not too dissimilar from Tortorella. No. You know, sure he's not, he was, but he knows how to work with talent. Yeah, because of the Kessel Whisperer, right? Yes, which honestly, that's more folklore than anything. Yeah, Kessel is just like a coach; he just wears out a welcome with the, within a locker room. I don't know as if it's within a locker room as much as it is with the coaches. The coach? <laughs> yeah. Well, and then by proxy with the management, and I'm sure, Yeah. I mean, no one loves everybody inside a locker room. Oh, Lord. There, no. So the, there are those individuals. I don't see Line necessarily as that outside of Winnipeg, because some of this stuff just gets galaxy-brained a bit. Where... Uh-huh. Players just typecast when they don't even fit a role that they're typecast in. It's just someone else has made up their opinion with the new young guy. Mm-hmm. But enough about William Nylander. <laughs> or like half the league. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and uh, hey, since we're talking about roles and made up and things, Quentin Byfield, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, got a kind of a phantom point taken away from him, then got his first real NHL point. I I watched that face off on the power play a few too many times. And yeah, they kind of got it right. Which I'm fine with, but let's also take note of part of what you just said in that statement. The what in the what? Yeah. So you've got that you've got that kid, I'll call him a kid, out there taking a face off on the power play. You think kid in the man of uh, the body of a fully developed adult? Yeah, 
and he his face off percentage is right up there and they weren't I I god you know everyone that bashed Todd McClellan in San Jose for not playing his young players there's a reason he didn't they weren't any good <laughs> you want to know how I know look what he just did with Quentin Byfield and Gabe Velarde you know two of them just plugged him right in there and said go play you know, they didn't do the thing where they tried to shelter him and, you know, keep him, you know, keep him out of the defensive zone face-offs or, you know, any play him on the wings so you didn't have to, you know, learn how to play defensive zone coverage. He looked fine. He looked better than fine, honestly. And, you know, a couple years, he is going to be a terror on the ice. Two years under Andre Kopitar teaching him how to play that wear you down game. Yeah. And is he not going to prolong Kopitar's career with the Kings? More than likely because they can shout because then they can, you know, shuffle Kopitar down to the second center, you know, shelter him a little bit and reduce his minutes and put him in, you know, kind of keep him out of doing the grunt work. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. And isn't it amazing if we're going to look at a former king and Jeff Carter? What happens when you're in a role fitted for you based on your abilities yeah. at a given point in time? Five goals in two games against Buffalo. <laughs> I will say it was Buffalo. Yeah. Well, you know, you still got to put him in the net. You still had to be in the right position. And there wasn't a whole lot else going on in those games against Buffalo either. But no. it's. You take a player, you don't overplay him, you don't overslot him, and oh, wow, they're smart and cerebral and can do things. Wait, is that actually good coaching? Or is that just regular coaching and and we think it's good because the NHL coaches don't coach? Uh, a little bit from column A, a little bit from column B. Yeah. I would, okay. <laughs> you know? I... I'd have to say, you know, not not going to say that they did the entire resurrection, but how about a little bit of love for Ron Hextall for pulling that deal off and seeing the value that could be on his team, you know, from Carter in that situation? Because that wasn't just a, a, I don't think that was just a dart at the board type move. Well, it's a player he knew from his time in both Philly and L.A. Yeah. And... Yeah. You can obviously, when you've been in a place, and he was advising with the Kings, was he not, before he took this job. Mm-hmm. So you kind of know some of the more intricate issues that we can't see outside of game footage. And I'm sure from his point of view, Hextall didn't think of this as a gamble at all. It was just kind of a, maybe we weren't expecting dividends right here in the regular season and seeing these point totals, but... He will help us come playoff time. I'll know what to expect. Yeah, you you know, excuse me, that's exactly, you know, what I was thinking, too. It's like, yeah, he may pot a couple for us here in the remaining games and help us, you know, help us gain a home ice. But, wow, this is more than we expected. Oh, boy, he's going to be fun in the playoffs because there's that depth, you know, that they always... I won't say they always miss, but it's it's generally filled by, you know, Vern Fonk and Todd Badunk, 
you know, the guys that come out of college that they found that have one magical season in them. And that magical season happens to extend in the playoffs, and there's that, you know, second and third line scoring depth. You and take they, guys with fresh legs who are accustomed to playing the same team a couple times in a short span. Yeah. Yeah. God, that's going to be really interesting, too. How everyone's going to react to playing each other again. <laughs> Only for seven games in a row. Oh, no. No. Some teams, it could be nine. Yeah. Because oh, it's a couple that have two games left against each other. <laughs> and last night, Carolina and Nashville faced off, and Nashville was ready. Yeah, I kind of saw that. Yeah, they were. They got their crowd into it, and they they won a playoff game where they just contained the top guys from Carolina, and you know they they grinded out a nice little three one victory. And uh, that Florida Tampa game. Oh, got Monday it. night. Yeah, <laughs> that got a little fun, didn't it? It did. We could actually have a real geographic rivalry after all. I know. Instead of a pretend one, like they like to, you know, have between Tampa and Florida. It's only, you know, it's only made up in certain people's minds. Now there's a little, there's a little bit of the sauce going on those chalupas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that score and I was just like, oh, I, I want a playoff series. <laughs> and the best part prior to that game, I mean, they split the season series. Mm-hmm. Goals were close. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and on Monday, we get to see Tampa's pushback. Now watch Tampa, you know, in the playoffs just drop it into sixth gear and run away from them because Stamkos and Kudrov will be back. Well, and the ascension of Sergachev as their top defender. Ooh, that's that's fighting words in Tampa. Here's why I say that. (laughs) You know, on the the headline segment on Hockey Night in Canada yesterday, I don't remember if it was Elliot or Chris Johnson, but they dropped the nugget that uh, basically Hedman's playing on a bum foot, bum ankle, mm-hmm. and he's going to have to have surgery after the season. Well, I think in a normal regular season where you have your game spread out a little more, he'd be one of those guys that's not really taking the morning skates, not really practicing. He just shows up for game. That's a pain to do every other night for the last however long he's been playing. Is he going to be able to play 30 minutes a night this postseason? I doubt it. No. And I think that Tampa would be wise. John Cooper, if you're listening, you'd be wise to elevate Sergachev's minutes instead of saying defaulting to McDonough. <laughs> oh, God. You're just... Uh, did, 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 did I say anything? <laughs> no, it was just reminded me of of Cooper deciding that Schuster was was a, a serviceable NHL defender. Like, 
over so many other guys and 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 he wasn't <laughs> just just one of those like trying to make a point kind of players that that he kept putting out there because you know he didn't want to admit that he was wrong kind of well, thing and so I mean, you um, lose yeah. some with Schuster, you win some with Luke Shen so basically, yeah. Andre Schuster was John Cooper's Adam Larson. Uh-huh. There it is. Uh-huh. <laughs> just keep running him out there. Eventually, decamps. Hoping that at some point it's just going to work out because, God damn it, he just can't like admit that he's wrong. The guy can't screw up every time. Right. Well, no, not yeah. even that. The the Cooper's like, I can't be wrong about this, and he totally was utterly devastatingly wrong. <laughs> it was one of those he kept putting him out on the right side as a defender, and I'm like, you're just telling all the def- all the uh, forwards on the other team to just run past run past him on the right side, right to the goal, right there, weak side. Just scream it. Might as well put a neon sign right there. It says, this is the weak side. Go this way. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's just uh, nothing against Schuster. I'm sure he's a very nice guy. And he, he, but he was in over his head. So. But enough about Adam Larson. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or so many others we could name. <laughs> God, so much so. Yeah. Oh. Oh, I love this. Everyone coming out with the hate for Tortorella. You know? Who was there for six years. Give it a rest. (laughs) (laughs) Give it a rest. He got into the playoffs. He got that roster to the playoffs. He got them overachieving, and then they burnt out on him. That happens. If he was such an awful, yelly, screamy, bad coach, why haven't more former players come out and bagged on him? Well, he was such a such a like you know bad coach that players were tuning out. Why did he last six seasons? I think I I kind of have a feeling that this there was there was sort of a mutual give upness in this season with them <laughs> between between both the coach and the team like you know i'm going to keep trying but i don't think these guys are wanting to do it anymore and these guys are like we'll kind of keep trying but we are you know we're kind of done with this <clears throat> yeah you know mike commodore has absolutely no problem just terrorizing Babcock everywhere he goes. You know, there are players that completely dog on Vino. You know, I'd find me somebody that's done that with him, and then I'll listen to you and your your hyperbolic story about how he's so awful. Yeah, the worst you hear is... He makes you work your ass off. I, you know, I don't always love the guy. But he's always honest with me. I know where I stand. You know, and you know that's that's it. I mean, really, that's it. Okay, but somehow he's this awful. Oh, God, enough. Just let it go. Just because he's short with the media. Yeah, people who don't suffer fools tend not to come across nice. 
Okay, again, you know, this has been my John Tortorella retorts section. I'll leave it be now. <laughs> and then we can move on to how awful Elaine Vino is, because what the hell happened to the, the Flyers? Um, uh, They had him as coach for more than one season. And oh. that's when the bag of tricks disappears. Yeah, or maybe um, just... Um, and hear me out here. Maybe they fired the wrong guy a couple of seasons ago when they got <gasps> their general manager who was trying to preach patience with a certain goaltender who had a really subpar year and looked burnt. Yeah, who didn't have time to reset himself because, oh, teams can't practice. And... Maybe the sum of their parts wasn't all that good. Maybe they were carry priced a bit last year. And what did they do with it? Not much of anything in the bubble. Yeah. Thatcher Demko 2.0. You know, and, and poor Thatcher. I mean, he's looked good, but, you know, he can't win the whole thing by himself either. I mean, he tried last night. Yeah, yeah, he did. But there was nothing that, that he could just, do. You do that, and you're just setting yourself up for injury. Yep. If you're if you're like the one guy that still cares on the team, or feel, or the captain who actually is trying to carry the team on their back, you're just setting yourself up for injury if you're trying to do it all by yourself. I don't know. McDavid looked pretty healthy last night. Well, he's a freak, okay? <laughs> he's a freak of nature, and that's something totally different. <laughs> and can I say, I was delighted that Dreisaitl's 500th point came on the play prior to McDavid's 100th this so, season. So they don't have to saw the puck in half? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a nice little touch. Well, I just, I just like, you know, I, I was telling my wife this last night. I'm like, everyone's talking about two players, right? This season having these spectacular mind-numbing years. And it's Austin Matthews with his goals and Connor McDavid with his points. And I'm just sitting there going, poor Leon. You know, here he is. He's, you know, he's not terribly far behind Connor. And he's, you know, and he's way out in front of everyone else. And he's all just like, um, hello, hi, I'm here. Hello, the Ger- hi, the German is here. Hello, guten Tag, I have beer, you know. <laughs> it's, you know, Austin Matthews, Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid, Connor McDavid, hello, hello. I also am having the good year, yes, hello. What, I, I think he's close to 80, somewhere in there. He is at 79 points. Yeah. Second in league scoring and the only other player in the, the only player in the NHL who has more points than McDavid has assists. Yeah. Which is just, come on. (laughs) Just come on. But it's not Uh, Toronto. And how does this affect Toronto? We're going to find out hopefully in two weeks or three weeks or whenever the heck the North Division can start playoff. I know. He's just silly. 
Yeah, if you take away Connor McDavid's goals, he you know he still would. What is he like fourth or something in scoring? No, second. Oh, is he? Oh, that's right. That's right. Only Leon would be ahead of him. Yeah. And then, but by virtue of taking away his goals, Leon's point tra- uh, total dropped. So he's probably still first in the lead. God. And if you take away Austin Matthews' goals. He's got Steve Simmons would still have something to write about. He's got 25 points. So, you know, they, they, they wanted to play. They being the hockey central at noon panel wanted to play. Who's the better player. You know, if you put five Austin Matthews out against five Connor McDavid's, who'd win Connor in a walk. Who's going to pass Austin the puck. (laughs) Guy's got 25 assists, right? 40 goals. Fantastic. He's got 25 assists. Who's going right. the puck? <laughs> All right. I mean, you could argue who's a better team player because of that, too. But, you know. The guy who's who's always taking the puck or the guy who's always giving it? Unless you're unless you're putting Martin Brodeur in the net for both these guys, you know, every, every assist on a Matthews goal is going to be a goalie pass. <laughs> you know, it's just Martin Brodeur passing to Austin Matthews and releases that wicked shot. Yeah. Sorry, Pat, you were going to say something. You shift Austin Matthews to the wing. Let him play with Connor McDavid as center. Is 93 goals out of the realms of possibility? For Connor? Given what we're seeing... <laughs> Dreisaitl and everyone else do? If I I don't even think you need that. I think if you had Dreisaitl and McDavid in a full 82, it'd be close. I don't think Austin Matthews is... He's got an incredible shot, but I don't think he's that far and away a better goal scorer than either of the two of them? No. I think if you put Ovechkin out there with McDavid and Drysaddle, uh, good night. You know, we could be looking at 100 type thing. Well, it'd be, no, it'd be you know silly. Here, here's my counter argument on Ovechkin. He has his spot. And what does Connor like to do on the power play? Whatever he wants. <laughs> including moving around to different spots and spaces. And that's what makes him so versatile. Is McDavid as dynamic if he can't go on to that, those left side boards? Cause Ovechkin's just in the way. Well, no, it's uh, Ovi. Just Ovi could park there. It'd be just like a moving pick. Cause everyone would just be chasing. Uh, Connor. Okay. There you go. He'd, everyone would just be chasing Connor around. And then he'd feed it over to Leon on the right side board, and Leon would make some ridiculous, ungodly seeing eye backhand saucer pass to, you know, Ovi, and it's in. You know, it. it so you're I ha- saying that Edmonton should clear up some major cap space to uh, to try to sign Ovechkin, which would actually never happen. But Ovechkin is an is an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. God, that that would be absolutely hysterical. It it would never happen, but oh my god, that'd be so fun to watch. 
I mean, if you wanted a way for him to make up all these lost games due to pandemic, and now what? Hopefully, he's just being rested for the playoffs, and his whatever injury Obi has isn't too serious. But that would help bridge the gap towards the all-time goals record really oh, fast. Yeah. Give him, give him two seasons playing with McDavid and Dreisaitl. Whole different story. <laughs> Whole different story. That would be so silly. I got okay. You know what? I'm I'm gonna go do that in in hut in NHL hut because I've got Ovechkin right now being centered by uh, Crosby and Marchand on the other wing. <clears throat> Uh. <laughs> so who's flipping the coin? Uh, I who's defer. Ask the question. I defer. No, I you defer. defer. I okay. defer. I defer. I will. Oh. I will punt next weekend. Okay. Or the weekend after. Yes, because next weekend we are not recording because i have to go and get um get the rest of my 5g installed in my head yeah and there is a bit of an installation process you know immediately <laughs> after it's installed let me tell you there's a couple right, of firmware then, updates some patches yeah and then i'll be ready for for bill gates to tell me what to do too bad it's not melinda telling us what to do yeah well yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So we we're kind of bringing up Edmonton and the glory that is 87 or 97 and 29. But Patrick in the past has had his qualms, what you say, with a certain head coach behind the Oilers bench. Mm hmm. I think Dave Tippett returns next season. Oh, I don't doubt it. But does he survive the season? And more importantly, could you find a better replacement for the Edmonton Oilers as head, head coach beside one John Tortorella? This has been the 3B3 Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at 3B3Podcast. We're available for NHL consulting at reasonable fees.